1: So as you probably saw today, Justin Fields and DJ Moore have matching visors. And our friend and reliable colleague, Bear Down Cuz, said that since 1997, quarterbacks and wide receivers that have matching visors have gone to the Super Bowl 39% of the time, 39.7% of the time. So for me, that's good enough. Although, okay, obviously that's a little bit of a... uh, Maybe a misleading stat. Maybe we made that up. Maybe he made that up. But in any event, I'm excited about what we've been hearing about Justin Fields. And so what I wanted to do tonight is just take an opportunity to talk just about Justin Fields. There's so much out there regarding him, his contract situation, uh, whether he's a good player or not. Like, there just seems to be a wide gamut of things going on. So tonight, uh, for Take It to the Rank, we're just going to be talking about Justin Fields. So, Sammy, I'm excited. Let's just go ahead and start the show. Turn, up your, turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, the sick podcast. with Adam Ray. Try to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. There goes Fields. Touchdown. The sickest Chicago Bears and fantasy football podcast. Sports Entertainment, like no other,
0: it's going to be sick. Sick, sick.
1: It's Tuesday night. You know what that means? It is time for Take It to the Rank. And as I said a moment ago, so much to talk about with Justin Fields. He's got a potential contact, contract, excuse me, situation looming. There's some other things out there. You listen, we all know we're on the line. We saw the photo shoot. We saw the things with DJ Moore. So much going on. So let's talk about it with our good friend from Foxsports.com. The great, the talented Carmen Vitale is joining us this evening. Once again, Carmen, how are you living?
0: I'm fantastic. It is officially summertime, Chicago. Even though Memorial Day is this weekend, but that's the official start of summer. So I am thrilled. It is gorgeous out here.
1: I love to hear it. I saw a lot of the photos from people that we follow who live in the Chicagoland area. They're outside. They're outdoors. It is refreshing, and there's nothing. There's nothing like springtime in Chicago. You know, us Californians, we're too soft. Like we don't. We don't notice. We take things for granted, but when you're in Chicago and you go through the weather, the fact that it turns delightful, it is a time for renewal and to enjoy. So I'm glad you're living it up there.
0: Yeah, it's it's fantastic. We've got so many fun things uh, planned for this weekend, given that it's supposed to be nice all weekend.
1: That is huge, and what's also been nicest over over the last couple of days is the fact that the Chicago Bears have been on the practice field. Mm -hmm. We've gotten opportunities to see some photos, to see some things happening. Obviously, the scuttlebutt going around. Uh, A lot of news about Justin Fields, and we heard, like, there was a a story about him in The Athletic, and a lot of it was centered around his contract situation, which seems weird to me uh, because some kid on Twitter said that Justin Fields sucks But now we're worried about him having a contract extension. What gives, Carmen? What what should we believe?
0: I believe that Justin Fields said that he is not concerned with a contract. He is concerned with wins. And the short of it is, of course, he's concerned with wins because he knows that if he wins, Justin Fields will get a contract and a big one. So it all comes together and it all works out quite nicely. I don't know if that's going to happen for the Chicago Bears. There are other ways for Justin Fields to get a contract rather than just wins. But we all know that Justin Fields is a team player. He wants his team to do well. He doesn't, He's not after individual success, which is exactly what you want in a quarterback and a leader, neither of which you know, we've had questions about as far as the leadership goes. We've heard it from all angles that Justin Fields is a great leader and this is the it's, this is a the latest example of how good it is how good of a leader he is and how he leads by example
1: that is one of the things that was talked about when he was coming out of ohio state is his leadership capability the fact that he's a, a gamer a grinder he does all the little things and as a matter of fact matt eberflew said in that story in the athletic that was done by kevin fishbane and adam uh adam yans how, how do you say his last name Johans? Jans. Johns. John's okay, I, th- I thought I had it. Um, <laughs> Matt Eberflus said that he fell in love with Justin Field's skill set during his time as a head coaching candidate when he was looking, you know, he was being courted, but he was also doing his homework and doing his due-, due diligence. Is that kind of coach speak? or do you get the sense that like Matt Eberflus is on the up and up when he says stuff like that?
0: I mean, of course he fell in love with Justin Field's skill set because Justin Field's skill set is the future of the league. Matt Eberflus is a defensive guy. He doesn't want to have to worry about the offense. And the easiest way to not worry about the offense is to have really good quarterback play and someone who can lead that side of the ball. Anymore, you have to have a very well-rounded quarterback to succeed in this league with how sophisticated defenses have gotten. Mm -hmm. So the fact that he has a quarterback that can both run and we think can pass the ball, he hasn't shown us that yet, but he hopefully will this season. That means that Matt Eberflus doesn't have to worry about that side of ball, not to mention that keeps the offense on the field and his defense off of it, which means that that takes the pressure off of Matt, or Matt Eberflus and his defensive unit. So this is a win-win. Of course, a defensive coach is going to fall in love with a guy that could potentially have it all and has the skill set for where this league is trending going forward.
1: Yeah, you want you want this current Bears defense to be off the field as much as possible. Like don't, <laughs> like no disrespect to them, and they I know they're working very hard to correct some of the mistakes that were made last season. But yeah, you definitely want them off. But when you hear things like when you talk about success for Justin Fields, uh, you read comments, or anything, but you may have heard that. But like, it's not. Is it not anything? Is it just the wins? Is it, is it about the wins or does it feel like, I don't know, sometimes it feels like Justin's being held to a higher standard than a lot of other quarterbacks.
0: It's not about the wins. It's about the points and how many of those that Justin Fields is responsible for scoring. If the Mm -hmm. Chicago bears start like the Detroit lions did last year, where they're tearing up the field offensively, but because the defense still has holes, they're not winning because other teams are also scoring, I don't think anyone's going to really have an issue with that. I'm certainly yeah. not going to have an issue with that. If it's not Justin Fields' fault that they're losing, then that's all you need to see at this point. You need to see Justin Fields be able to score points. And that is not only with his legs, with which is what we ended up seeing last year, but that is through the air with all of the weapons that he now has and him being that well-rounded quarterback that we know that he has the potential to be.
1: Yeah. What about, though, the other side of that? Let's say that I guess, well, let's say the Bears won 11 games. Justin doesn't throw for 4000 yards. Would that be considered a success? But I guess again, I guess it goes back to your point. It's all about the points of how they're scoring. Like they have to still score points.
0: It absolutely can be a success if Justin Fields doesn't reach that 4,000-yard mark for the Chicago Bears because the Bears have never had a 4,000-yard passer. It is completely unfair to try and hold Justin Fields to the standard of something that hasn't been set. The Bears have – the bar is on the floor for quarterback play with the Chicago Bears for the most part. So you just need to see that Justin Fields is an efficient quarterback that understands the offense, that commands the offense, and scores points. That is the main thing that we. I think I'm looking for at least hmm. out of this offense, given the fact that Justin Fields has now been given the resources to do so.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things. Last year, when you were watching the games, especially after the Commanders game, and we were going, it, the games were just fun. Well, you beat the we beat the Patriots, but every game after that was fun. Like it was fun, and you were just kind of like, yeah, win or lose, like Justin looks good. I mean, is it that simple? Is it just like like we're scoring we're having fun like the wins will come eventually i hope but is it more about like i don't I don't know that style points is the way to put it but like it feels like there's
0: i don't know it's got to look good too. i don't know if that's the right way to put that it's interesting because why do people want justin fields to take that leap why do they want to see him become a well-rounded quarterback and live up to his potential because you feel like that is going to lead to the success of the chicago bears The ultimate goal in all of this isn't Justin Fields throwing for 4,000 yards or being a top 10 quarterback, although that is success for him. But the reason we want Justin Fields to be successful is because that's what it takes to win in this league now. It is a completely offensive league. You cannot succeed to any sort of significant magnitude without having really elite quarterback play under center. We've seen that over and over again. Yeah. So that is what I think we need to kind of step back and look at when you're talking about Justin Fields and what it means and all that. The reason people want Justin Fields to be good is because they want the Bears to be good. Right. Period. Bottom line. I don't
1: I don't know. It sounds like people want the Bears to be bad and they want Justin Fields to be bad because people get locked in on their initial evaluation and they just like the talk S or whatever for lack of a better term. Like it just does it never seems fair because it feels like the the people. Like they pull out these metrics and they're like, well, he was 31st in this and he was doing this. And like, it feels like you weren't watching the games. Okay. Now, obviously Justin Fields has some things to improve on. He can get better. Justin Fields himself will tell you, I have to work on this. I have to work on my footwork, but I, I they some. it feels like some people act like he's not a talented player, which just seems completely fabricated.
0: Well, now I'm going to rein you back in a little bit because Yes, Justin Fields is a talented player. Jameis Winston's a talented player. Baker Mayfield's a talented player. Oh my God. There are, I'm just saying, there are this is the NFL. Everyone is talented. But at the quarterback position in particular, can you take that talent and do something with it? Can you become the well-rounded? There's so much needed out of a quarterback that goes so far beyond talent. Can you put it all together? And that is what you are looking for with Justin Fields. You see flashes. You see potential. You see him able to scramble and get himself out of trouble and run 35 yards down the field for a touchdown. But can he sit back and can he get through his reads? Or is he going to bail out again after his first read isn't open and use his legs? Is he really understanding and commanding the offense? That's what you need to see. And I think that that's what people haven't seen, which is why there is the question mark around Justin Fields. And I think it's completely fair to have that question mark going into this season.
1: There is something there is. Yeah. Okay. I understand what you're saying, but like Jameis Winston cannot run like he can't Baker's a little bit mobile, but he's like, nobody runs like Justin Fields. And like, is why does that keep getting thrown at him? Like, it's a bad thing. I mean, obviously we don't want him rushing for a thousand yards. Like that's, that's not like, no, you don't, hopefully you're not the leading rusher. Hopefully, you know, like last year, the bears had five, five times they rushed for a hundred yards in a game. Justin Fields was three of them. Like they had a hundred yard rusher. Like you obviously don't want that, but like still run like that's, that's still a good weapon. Like he should still run, right?
0: More than you want Justin Fields to run. You want him to keep up the threat of the run. That is the most important part. So you want to see Justin Fields pick his spots and make sure to keep a defense on its heels. Again, with how sophisticated defenses are, they are, defenses behave like offenses nowadays. They have audibles that they can check into. They have options. They have guys that are whoever is their signal caller on the field acting like a quarterback on that side of the ball. Therefore, to keep them on their toes, to keep them on their heels and guessing, you have to have a quarterback who has a skill set like Justin Fields who can beat you with his legs and he needs to remind you every so often that he can do so. So whether that's, you know, putting out different looks and, and that's, you know, getting creative that way or putting out the same look and just operating differently out of it and reminding defenses every so often that Justin Fields can take off on you. So you can't leave that middle that, you know, that me- median area of the field open. But at the same time, Justin Fields doesn't want to run for a thousand yards. <laughs> That is too much wear and tear. Quarterbacks do not want to get hit. There is not a quarterback on this planet that wants to get hit. And the easiest way to get hit is to run the ball. So, Justin doesn't want to do that. And he said so even after last season when he's talking about breaking the quarterback rushing record and all this. He's like, I don't want to do that every year. And nor should he have to. And now he has the resources around him so that he won't have to do it. Now we just have to see that he can do all of the things. And that we think he can, he has the potential to do and command again, command the offense and understand when he should tuck the ball, when he needs to throw, when he has time to get through his progressions, when he needs to hand the ball off all that stuff. And that's, that's the biggest part of all of this is keep up the threat of the run without actually having to put the wear and tear on your quarterback.
1: And that's fair. I I, obviously you still want to be able to show everybody like, Hey, when I need to open this thing up, I can do that, but you also want him getting his teammates involved. We have DJ Moore for a reason, Chase Claypool. Uh, we brought in Bob Tunyon. We have Rashawn Johnson now joining a team that has Khalil Herbert and obviously Dante for- Deontay Foreman. So, yeah. So, I'll go back to a question we talked about a moment ago then. What, what ultimately, what is, what would, do you have benchmarks of like what is a successful season? Like what is the thing that, At the end of the 2023 season, you look back, you're like, that was a success. Is it winning games? Is it yardage markers? What is it exactly that we're going to be looking for?
0: It goes back to scoring points and Justin Fields being the reason that the Bears score points. It is Justin Fields essentially getting that second contract. Yeah. I think that that is success for Justin Fields because he will have done enough to show the team and show the front office that he is the future. He is the one that should be in command of this offense. I mean, this is his first off season where he is going into, he's not going into a new offense. Yeah. So this is like, this is the first time he is going into an off season where he has familiarity and the benefit of a season of experience in the same offensive system. So I completely understand why it has taken until this point where you're kind of backed up against the wall and his fifth-year option is due next offseason. I get that. I get yeah. why this happened. But now Justin Fields needs to essentially live up to that hype that we are now all placing on him. I mean, I can't get off, I can't get on Twitter at any point without seeing someone putting him on a top 10 list. I know you want to say that Justin Fields has all these haters, but from the national media, I have seen so many people say, yeah, Justin Fields going to be a top 10 quarterback, this, that, and the other. Again, I've said this so many times. I am a show me type of person. You need to show me something before I'm going to have faith that you can do it. That is why I am looking for Justin Fields to do it. I know that he can, but will he is the question.
1: Am I too sensitive to the haters? Because there's, like, there's some Packers yeah. blogger named Mike Lombardi, which by the way, nice stage name. Should I just start going by Adam Hallis? but in any event was like running him down. And then there's the kids on TikTok. People are like, he's garbage. It's so, I think what's the most frustrating to me is like, people will say that, like just come out with these hot takes of like, he's garbage. And then when Justin plays, well, they'll be like, well, okay, now I don't know. It just, I, I want people that you gotta, you, it's almost like you gotta pick us, pick a side. Let me ask you this though. I, I'm going to throw this one at you. Okay. Um, Cause I'm just, I'm curious. Is Dak Prescott. Would you consider him a successful quarterback?
0: Yeah, I would.
1: Because the Cowboys last year, I think, were the only team during his starts they averaged over thirty points a game. Yeah. they were. I think he's the only it's quarterback. Top of
0: offense. Yeah,
1: I, I think over the last, if I have the if I have the information correct, and I like to believe that I do, the Cowboys are the only team over the last three years who've averaged over thirty points per game, where they've averaged the most. And I find it very telling because the Cowboys get into these situations where they go to San Francisco. Dak Prescott throws a couple of bad interceptions against the 49ers. Uh, particularly the the one to what was it, Fred, Fred Warner?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think it was. Yeah. You know, like, and it's like you can cherry pick plays. And it feels like that happens to Justin a lot, where these kids keep picking out that play against the commanders. Like, obviously, he missed, he missed, what was it Horstead for the touchdown? Like he missed the play. Like, like, that's what quarterback that happens to quarterbacks, especially quarterbacks. Who are growing like mistakes are made. But I think that he keeps showing time and time again that we should have the faith. Like he can do it.
0: Like I've seen it. We saw it in college. But again, this is a completely different level of play. It's a completely different game at this level. So that's why I need to see him not bail out after the first read or get and get through and understand where his option routes are and when and make those decisions that he needs to make. Regardless of what's happening around him, if the line's holding up, all that kind of stuff, I need him to be able to read and react and be comfortable in this offense. And again, second year in the offense, he's got weapons now around him, a lot of them. He should have a much better offensive line. And the one point I want to bring up about what the haters of the Bears, and this goes to the Cowboys too, which is I think why Dak gets a whole lot of backlash too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really easy fan base to pick on because they're very engaging. And that is a testament to Bears fans. Again, we talked about how the Chiefs didn't want to give up the Bears home game because they know Bears fans travel. It's a wonderfully passionate fan base, and it's a large fan base that goes for the Bears, that goes for the Dallas Cowboys. So if you criticize them, guess what? You're getting engagement. Everyone is going to blow that up. Everyone's going to talk about it. The Bears are a very easy team to pick on. And even yeah. more so than the Cowboys because they really haven't had any, like, any sustained success. Not that the Cowboys really have either. I get that they haven't been to the you know, championship game in 25 years and all that other shit. That but the Bears also have not had a lot of success. And so it's easy to kind of pile on them knowing that you're going to get a response. So Bears fans, you're great. You're very passionate. But it makes, it puts a target on your back. I'm sorry. And
1: who's, who's number one in leading that charge? Me. I'm the one who shows up ready to fight and I've got EJ and bear down cause and ill will and everybody behind me, but I'm always leading the charge. Like, Oh, you guys want to throw like, I'm, I'm, the, I'm your friend at the bar who you've got to be like, all right, don't let rank, don't let rank hear this. Don't let him get started against one of these anti bears people. But it's, it is, it, we fall for it all the time. I'm as guilty as anybody. I will tell you this bear down cause by the way, very lucky today because you can pretty much say whatever you want about me online. But if you, if you tweet at me saying Justin Fields is a running back, that's a block. If you say Shohei Otani is going to your team, that's typically a block too. Those are very I'm – very, I'm very touchy. But um, do we have – Sammy, do we have any questions? We're going to keep this – by the way, we're going to keep this short because uh, I got an award ceremony. They go to not for me, but for my wife, she's uh, she's up oh. for an award for volunteer of the year in the uh, Ocean View School District here in in, uh, in uh, Huntington Beach. I feel this is from Emmanuel. I feel the most like the most underrated player on the squad is still going to be Cole Komet. What do you think, Adam and Carmen, Both both, by the way, uh, Cole Komet, Justin Fields both got their degrees recently. I could go along with it. I still think that Cole Komet is still sort of flying under the radar.
0: A little bit, because you are also talking about Bobby Tunyon now being part of this tight end group. And listen, Tunyon was great even last year coming off that ACL. Prior to his ACL injury, he was one of Aaron Rodgers' most trusted targets. So with that comes a little bit of buzz for Bobby Tunyon. Is that overshadowing Cole Komet? Maybe a little bit. But at the same time, has Cole Komet lived up to the potential that we have wanted to see out of him? No, he hasn't. So I don't know that he can be an underrated player when he hasn't lived up to the expectations that have been placed on him. I think once he does put it all together, and I mean, he was a blocking tight end in in college. So if he can get to a place where he is a true receiving tight end, that will be incredible. Tight ends are responsible for so much in this league. I could go on and on about them. I think they're like my next crusade is like the plight of the tight end. But if he can get into the receiving column a little bit more and then no one's still talking about him, then we can start talking about if he's underrated or not.
1: No, that's very true. And I know for the fantasy dorks and the people who want him to become George Kittle might not happen. But I think as a reliable option, uh, when the Bears are in third and eight, I want him to be that annoying guy that when the Bears need are at third and eight, he gets a nine-yard reception. When it's third and six, he gets a seven yard reception. I think that's a very achievable goal. And I think it's a very noble thing for these tight ends to do. I know we all get caught up because Travis Kelsey's awesome and he catches touchdowns and he's the number one wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. But it doesn't have to be that way for Cole Komet, but he could still be very valuable. So, in a sense, that's being underrated. But also knowing and appreciating players who do some of the dirty work, make the tough catches. When yeah. Justin rolls out and sees him, he knows he can find him. I think that's a very attainable goal.
0: For that matter, maybe Bobby Tunyon does take on the more of the receiving role, and you can leave Cole Komet to do what he does best, which is block. And that is just as valuable. Don't get me wrong. I don't want it you to have... come off like I'm saying. "Oh, no, no. Can no. Block. Like, whatever. That is, that is so valuable in and of itself as well. But in order for tight ends to be successful in this league, Uh, I feel like you need to have the threat of the fact that he, much like Justin Fields needs to present a threat of the run, Komet needs to present a threat that he might make a catch. So yeah, in those third down then long situations or even third and short, and you just, you kind of give a little check down pass to Komet, right? Maybe a quick little swing pass, even something like that, where he's going to burn you every now and again. That's a successful. That's a success for, for Cole Komet, and I think that that uh, will go a long way towards him not being so underrated.
1: Uh, four yard reception on third and three also works. Oh, whatever. Listen, mm-hmm. we're not we're not particular. Uh, how about another question there, Sammy? Uh, from Lucas, uh, when should Luke Getze's seat get hot? His play calling was less than stellar, albeit with not so great to work with. Uh, you know what? I I will say that I'll start with this one. I thought he did great. Like I like a lot of these young quarterbacks like he this was a work in progress for him. He was a first year signal caller or play caller, I should say. And it takes some getting used to. And I know there were times where it felt like he got too committed to certain pass plays. But I also saw improvement and growth over him over the course of the season. What's the sense there? You're, you spend more time in Hallis Hall than I do. Uh, is his seat hot at all? Or is there any anything about that?
0: I don't think so, given what you just said and the fact that it was his first season calling plays. Also, it's a little bit of a tough pill to swallow, and it's not something coaches will ever admit to. But Luke Getzey was trying to feel out Justin Fields all of last season as well. So when you saw him get stuck on passing plays, yeah, he was, because he was trying to give Justin more chances to make those successful and to see that out of him. And they really didn't have the personnel to execute it. But that wasn't necessarily the point. And like I said, there's not a coach on on this planet that will admit to that. But that's exactly what he was trying to do. And again, being a first-time play caller and feeling out the game and trying to stay a couple steps ahead of the defense and all that kind of stuff, that comes with time, that comes with comfortability. What I really liked out of Luke Getzey is that he was making sure to tailor this offense to Justin Fields' skill set – whether or not he was calling plays as such. The plays existed, whether yeah. or not he called them. Those yeah. installs were there. That in and of itself tells me that he is the right kind of coach for Justin Fields, for the Chicago Bears, because I think the best coaches are the ones that fit their personnel, not the other way around.
1: 100%. you know. And as a coach of 8U girls soccer,
0: mm-hmm. I will it's tell totally you – Totally- there were
1: there were times we had this uh this young lady named Kaya who is one of our best defenders, and she's smaller, and I would sometimes put her on an island just to see if she could do it. And you're not worried so much about wins and losses, you're like, Can she make this play? and grow getting some confidence in yourself. This is happening on the NFL level, too, apparently. So I love to see it, and I like I'm I like that explanation, but it does go to show you like I think Luke's Get- like it's so funny with Luke Getzi, like. Last year during preseason, people were at one point worried that he was going to get a head coaching job this year. Then they were like, he should replace Matt Eberflus. And then it was like, he should be fired. And then he was back to being, he's leaving. I don't know. It's it's been a wild ride with Luke Getze. But I'm very comfortable. I don't think his seat's going to be hot at all, unless it was just absolutely atrocious, which I don't anticipate at all. Sam, let's do another question, if we could. Uh, who do you think wins the third linebacker job, uh, Sanborn or Sewell? What do you think? Um, I think Sanborn's got a got a reasonable expectation for it, but what have you been hearing about Sewell possibly being that uh, third linebacker?
0: I definitely think there's still going to be a rotation every now and again, especially when it comes to obviously special teams as well. And I think that that's what Sewell is there to do first and foremost before he proves himself. But this front office really likes Jack Sanborn. This coaching staff really likes Jack Sanborn. I don't think that – This is his job to lose. This is Jack Sanborn's job to lose, and I don't think he's going to do that. He was very effective in his role last year, and now he's going to be complemented by Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards at those other two linebacker spots. I don't think you bring a rookie into that when both of those other guys are new. So now you've got Jack Sanborn being the guy that was in this defense last year, and you need a little bit of continuity there. I really think that Sewell was brought in to aid on special teams and to be a little bit of depth. Uh, You did get him on what was that, day three? Yeah. So I don't, and and, and again, Jack Sanborn, late round. Undrafted. Well, undrafted, right. So I I always get confused if he was like sixth round or not. But anyway, he, I, I get that that doesn't necessarily mean much, but at the same time, this staff seems to have a ton of confidence in Jack Sanborn. And I don't think that you ripped the rug out from underneath him at this
1: point. I think, I think we saw that last year with his Ascension, you know, there was no hesitation to put him in the lineup. And I think the bears were pretty committed to like putting the best players on the field, regardless of where they were picked, what their contract situation was. I mean, Braxton Jones. Didn't really have a choice.
0: Off- yeah, yeah. Didn't really <laughs> have a choice last year.
1: <laughs> you still like, but they didn't operate like a team that would go out and like, you could have easily gone out and find a veteran to come in and play that if you wanted to play that game. But I think that they were pretty, pretty comfortable with what they saw out of Jack Sanborn. And he's going to get an opportunity. Sewell to me is a guy that I I like him. I think he's very good. He's very young though. Remember like he is going to be one of the youngest players on the team. I think he could actually find himself as a situational pass rusher as well. And there's a there's some things He's that they guy. there are some things that they might be able to tailor certain things for him. But I think that the job in and of itself is for Jack Sandborn uh, to get. And there's been a lot of things. So there's a lot of interesting things that are coming out. I know that a lot of people saw um, uh, uh, Larry Borum playing this week, and you're like, "Yeah, Larry Borum played last year." Like these guys are going to practice. They're going to be out on the field. I think it's it's far too early to get overly concerned with. Uh, with things of that nature, who's playing where? Who's going to win this job? I mean, we haven't even gotten into like training camp yet. That's when this stuff tends to sort itself out. Right now, we have we're just seeing a team that's like, hey, let's just try some things and see what's going on. But like I said, um, we're going to cut this one short tonight. We did, we gave you a half hour. It's a half hour yeah. show. We a half hour.
0: Questions. Talk a lot about Justin
1: Fields. Oh. oh, so when are you giving us a quick tour of the bobblehead collection? By the way, all the uh, yeah, all the bobbleheads over there. Uh, we'll do that at some point. You know what? That makes a good, like, that makes a good, you do like, it.
0: you can do it one of the next two weeks. Cause I'm going to be on vacation. How's
1: that? See, we got plenty of time. We're going to have plenty of time to fill and uh, I'll have an opportunity to go out and get some additional pieces. And of course we've got the Dick Buckus photo right here. Um, uh, somebody else noticed the arsenal thing over there. Uh, not great. I thought like this was, this is why I'm always scared about being positive about the bears. What happened to arsenal? Arsenal. <laughs> Geez, I cannot. I'm like, I I don't know why I get my hopes up, but I do. I still do. Uh, But you're going to go on vacation. Uh, Do you have anything coming out for Fox Sports and that we need to keep an eye out for before you get out of town?
0: Yeah, I'm going to be kind of going through the division and making a case for why each team could win the NFC North.
1: I love it. All right. Well, very good. Uh, Thank you so much for being here. Thanks to everybody who stopped by tonight. I thought it was fun to talk about Justin Fields. Let's talk a little bit about our expectations for him. I hope you enjoyed the show. We will be back next week. We're working on a guest and uh, no disrespect to Carmen. It's going to be a good one, uh, but we hope you continue. I'm sorry. Listen, sometimes we tried to make the schedule work, but uh, you know what? You go out. You have a good time on vacation. We'll hold down the fort here. So at the very least, we'll see you Uh, for Take It to the Rank next week. And uh, until that time, for Carmen, I'm Adam. Bear down. See you later. Sammy, play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.